next year, I'd really encourage you to, to make an effort to read through the Bible in a year. And I have some reading schedules. I have more of them if we run out. But um, this allows you to at least check off what you've read so that if you get a month behind, you can begin to catch up. Or if you get a month ahead, however that works, you know. But uh, I will intend to... Um, most of my messages next year will be based off of that reading schedule. So we'll work that together. Luke chapter 2. Charlie's mentioned it. Kurt's alluded to it. We've, uh, I'm going to look at the angelic visitation with the shepherds and just uh, make a few comments connected to that. It says, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Uh, there's, it, it, within this story, there are so many things connected to imagery and symbolism. You're not exactly sure what ties, but it, it's intriguing to me that even in this, the glory of the Lord is, is light that's conquering darkness. And this is, in a sense, stepping into that. But uh, the fear is one of those things where some of the stories of their history were such that, you know, when Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, a cherubim was set there saying, don't go back in. Set there with a flaming sword. Um, you had um, um, Balaam when he was going to prophesy, and he was walking a, a, a dangerous line because he was, he was careless, and there was an angel there stopping him. And you had David encountering an angel after he had sinned, encountering the people, and, and people were dying, and he sees an angel right there, and, and the Assyrian army was wiped out by an angel. So, you know, the fact that they would be fearful, I get it. But their message is entirely different. They said, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And uh, again, one of the things that uh, begins to stir in me in this story is that I want to celebrate what heaven celebrates. And sometimes, you know, our, our minds are so far from that kind of thing. And yet, in this particular thing, they're, they're saying, at this point in time in history... In the birth of the, the Christ child, this is something that heaven really got into. You know, like when you and I, when we want to plan a celebration and, you know, and, and there's just a, we could do this, we could do that. And, you know, how often you see the, the heavenly hosts just cutting loose in, in, in visual with the earth. You know, it just isn't there except that this is crucial to all of history. And they're celebrating this moment. You know, it says that the angels celebrate every time a sinner gets saved. You know, there's a, a celebration in heaven that just goes, this is really important. And so in this moment, they're recognizing that for Christ to come to earth, this is significant. And I guess in my heart, I, I want that, you know, we celebrate Christmas once a year and we walk through that season, but it, and at times you're trying to, work up this thing, oh, I know I should be happy, or, you know, <laughs> but it's like, if I really see things from heaven's perspective, this thing retains a specialness to me, and, uh, and even this, 
good news of great joy. Um, I, I guess I was just chewing on that idea of this is a happy message. This is something that, uh, you know, I look at and I'm going, there are times when, when I'm walking in a drudgery and I begin to associate that with my Christianity and it's a, it's a very foul choice. You know, it's, it's a wrong decision, I, and I come back to things like this. It's like, you know, if the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, there are, there are things like, if you're waiting for someone to love you, to show love, that's messed up. The fruit of the Spirit working in your life, it develops a loving temperament about you and a, a loving person, so to speak, that isn't dependent on everybody else's responses. You know, if the Spirit of God is functioning in you as He should, then your, your choices will be loving in nature. And, and so it's not just waiting for others' responses or hoping that people are getting into an environment where there's a lot of people that care about each other. No, the... The work of the Spirit in your heart should be moving you, compelling you to be loving by nature and making loving choices whether anybody's responding or not. In fact, at times it's loving in spite of what others are doing. In the same way, if joy is a part of your temperament in the Lord, if it's what He is planting in you, then it ought to be able to sit, be said that about their lives, is there, there is a joy of life. And again, it's not about the circumstances or the outward, but it's, it's starting from inside of what God has done. I mean, we go searching for joy in so many different directions, right? And even as believers, we get caught up in things that really don't bring lasting joy. I, it's even like this time of year, it's easy for me. When I see that sweets table at the sing the other night, standing right there was the wrong choice. I mean, it was very great for the moment. But it's, it's almost as if I eat just the right thing. It's, you know, this, this moment's going to be outstanding. It, it doesn't last, though, does it? And so you've got to move on to the next item. But, you know, it's that chasing something that doesn't quite get it. Or even if, you know, you, you get under the competitive side of things and you win, how long does that joy last? I mean, hopefully the rest of the day or maybe even a couple days, or, you know, and maybe you get to talk about it later years. But how long does it, how long does it really stick? You know, and we go chasing, you know, so many different things. It's like, get enough money to buy what I want, and then I'll, you know, the, the joy will just be there. Well, it's, these are all siphoning things or things that don't quite get it. Some people chase sex the same way. And it's like, you know, wonderful, but... It isn't going to satisfy your life to the full extreme that you, that you hope. And yet, in Christ, 
It's a fruit of the Spirit. There's a work of what God does in our hearts. There's an opportunity to live in joy. And so when, when we're walking through this and we're reading, he's bringing good news of great joy. Is that your sins may be forgiven through our Savior Christ. You may have a transformation of character through the person of Christ and what he's done. There's, a, there's an opportunity to move into wholeness that really isn't dependent on moments in this temporal life or environment in this temporal setting, but it's just this knowledge that the creator of the universe has developed a relationship with me, and I'm at peace, and there is a joy over what he's doing and how he does things. So, and again, you know, it's that I want to celebrate what heaven celebrates. And when they declare this is a season of joy, I, I want to declare that as well. He said, for unto you is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And again, these, these terms aren't just bandied about, but it's, there's this knowledge that each of those has its own dynamic. You know, when they, when they were talking about Savior, you know, that our sins truly are forgiven through the person of Jesus Christ. That the, the Christ is the same as the Messiah. It's He's the anointed one. He's the longed for one. He is the one that will establish government. He's the one that that as uh, promised through the prophets and and Lord again is that idea. There is this, the one who overrides all of creation. And, and so these these terms aren't just loose, and they're not just you know. Jesus' terms, but they have significance in each of them. He says, this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Um, this is one of those ideas that I'm not... There are, some, there are some things that are declared regarding swaddling clothes that are interesting to look at, but I can't tell you how accurate. I'm told that the shepherds would swaddle the firstborn sheep because they were, they were raising sacrificial lambs and they wanted them perfect, and they would lay them in a feed trough. Well, the imagery is very close to, to the, the Lamb of God who's going to be laid in a manger, right? Is that fully accurate? Well, I'd like to believe it. It's written on, on the Internet. <laughs> That's the best I can do for you, though. You know, it, it may be one of those, you know, it's a, it's a great idea, but take some enjoyment from it if you'd like. The whole swaddling thing, again, it, the strips of cloth were wrapped and the baby was bound. And, and again, it's an amazing idea to think of God who, who's part of creation when he becomes flesh, is wrapped up tight, can't even move. You know, it's, it's a picture of how, um, how simple his life became and how base, so to speak, and powerless that he was taking on so that he could 
come and participate with us. Again, a, a beautiful picture. Um, and, you know, is that the sign or is uh, swaddling clothes were used throughout that region of the world? In, in, in Ezekiel, when God's talking about Jerusalem, uh, I think it's Ezekiel 18 or 16, the, uh, he says, you, uh, you were born, but nobody wanted you. So they didn't bathe you. They didn't rub salt on you, which was common to, to help for infection in that day. They didn't wrap you in clothes. They just tossed you out in the field. He says, but I came by and I saw you, and I, I took you for mine. So he, he's making that declaration, but that's even in the book of, of Ezekiel. And then Job uh, is talking, and, and God's challenging Job, where were you when I created all of this? And he's going, when I swaddled the earth with the clouds. You know, so that said, is what was significant about the sign? I'm not sure. But they went and they saw. And, and even in this, it says, Suddenly there was a, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those whom he has pleased. Again, a different translation. But that, that whole idea then of masses of people, it's, it's our, our heaven just in that moment, it's like, let's make snow cones. Well, no, let's, <laughs> let's, let's have, uh, you know, we, we come up with the extras. Heaven is just kicking it. You know, they're just going, this is amazing. Because it is such a significant point in history. That's when, you know, when we, when we look at other religions and we're wondering, you know, what about this? This is one of those things that says this was unique. This isn't just a part of every belief. This is special for history. Well, when the angels went away, it says, let's go see. And they went and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known, saying what had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. So everybody's amazed. You saw angels you know, connected to this little baby? Yeah. It says Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart, as we want to do even today. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Pretty amazing, huh? So Lord, help us again in this Christmas season to hold the truths and the things that you treat precious as precious for ourselves. Lord, help us to take great wonder in the joy of our salvation and the sending of your Son that gives us new life that washes away our sin, that really does bring joy to us. And God, we thank you that you chose ordinary people to participate in your incarnation. Amen. Again, I wish you the best this Christmas season. I pray that you discover with joy what Christ truly has done and that you're able to walk with that as you greet your families and spend your time some of you students are heading home. We pray God's best for you. Come back refreshed, ready to go. <laughs> May your blessing rest on these, your people.
they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives and to discover with joy the fullness of your salvation both in the washing away of sins but also in the transformation of life as I go into the community Lord I ask that you give each one words of life to speak over others that you enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. Amen. God bless you.